that's what happens uh, with all of us when you don't have any batteries. You know, when you wear out, you don't fire up, you get uh, you get wore out. So I'm glad everybody's here this morning because you guys are firing up, ready to see God move. Amen. And come expectant, come expectant all the time, no matter what. Come expecting God to move, and uh, He might even move on you to do something. You never know. So we are heavy on this side, like she said. Uh, that's pretty good, though. So you guys are gonna have to work on your side over here. You know that, don't you? Whatever you're doing, you need to do a little bit more of whatever you're doing. But keep going up. I'm encouraging you to. Uh, Fill it up. Amen. Amen. So, I know that God's good all the time, and all the time God is good, isn't he? Amen. And he, he desires for the very best for us. Um, I can't get over how much that the blood of Jesus has to do with everything. You know, that blood that covers us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And knowing who we are as children of the Most High God, we should be shining right now. This is our time to shine during this COVID virus. It really is. It's our time to shine. And uh, when, when you say that, you say, well, no, we should be the, the lighthouse for the people. Um, there's such an importance for us to be like Jesus. And think about what Jesus did with the 5,000. What did he do? He fed them? Okay, now you're, now you're distracting my people here, guys. Everyone's looking at the screen. I'll turn it off. But that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. I'm just teasing. I'm having a good time. God's a good God, isn't he? Still trying to find out where those batteries went. But don't we need our batteries charged up to know who who we truly are? I want to tell you about Jesus fed five thousand. The disciples said you're going to have to let him go home because they've got they're in a desert and they've got to go get food. You know, that's what the disciples told Jesus. What Jesus did? Jesus said, "Put them in fifties and hundreds. Do we have any food here?" Well, yeah, we got a little boy that has two fish and what five loaves. See, and who was Jesus? He was the church, wasn't he? The church isn't really doing what the church we should really be doing. You know, Jesus took care of it, didn't he? And don't we have Christ in us? Amen. Think about it. You know, um, I just want you to think about that and ponder on that. I a, Are we, go ahead. I have a thing on that. And why are... Why don't we ain't seeing that realm? Yes. Because, see, Adam and Eve at one time was in that realm. And you go, what do you mean in that realm? They were in that spiritual realm, communicating with the Father and everybody, everything that was going on. And then all of a sudden, when they ate of the tree of knowledge, what happened? Woo! You found out that they weren't in that realm anymore. They found out they were naked and they started making clothes, right? So now they went from the spiritual realm to the to the natural realm immediately. And we've been in that realm for a long time. But are we working back to that realm? I hope so. 
Because that's how you connect with the Father. It's through the spiritual realm, not through the manifestation of the physical realm. We're in this physical body. But I want you to, I want you to start saying things um, this week. This is a saying I'd like you to say. Is that I am a spirit, I have a mind, and I live in a body. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Think about that. And when you really start saying that and start putting that in perspective, you'll start thinking different. And then that'll take you to where you need to be with God. You'll start thinking differently. I'm a spirit first, not a body. I have a soul, and I live in a body. Pretty powerful, isn't it? It makes you think this direction. Is the people that have had died from COVID, we should have been thinking more about their spirit than their physical body. Is Where's their spiritual uh, awareness? And did they, did they know Christ? Did they know Jesus before they left this earth? You see, you'll get a whole different perspective of life when you start saying this. I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And it'll 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 change the way you think, um, and get you to thinking more on that plane than what we are thinking. We're all in this natural world and and trying to work things out, trying to see which way to go and what's going on. But the spiritual realm is real. We are a spirit first. Because when you pass, your body dies. When your spirit leaves, your body is dead. It's flesh. It can enter into heaven. Did you notice they, they're dead? So your spirit goes someplace, doesn't it? It's going to go to heaven or it's going to go to hell. One or the other, too. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be forever. And when you think that direction, you get a different perspective on everything. Um, you think it first for yourself, then you start thinking for other people. Um, we had an opportunity to uh, see God move yesterday in a person's life, and it that person got changed yesterday. Isn't that glorious? For the glory of God. Um, there's nothing better than salvation. I mean, some people say, well, this is better. No, that's the greatest miracle, I believe, that can ever be done is when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and call him Lord and Savior. That's God in you now. That's the best thing you can have. So otherwise, it's just, it's just part of life if you don't. You need Jesus. You need him first. And I'm going to pass through talking about this, is we need to be sensitive to God. We really do. We need to be sensitive. But before I open, I'm just going to open us up in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. Father God, we ask that you lead, guide, and direct us into all truth of your word. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you come into this place in manifestation, demonstration, and revelation and understanding of your word that we might be able to walk in this in a great and mighty way for your kingdom that we live in here on this earth 
And we thank you, Father God, for everything that you have done for us and are doing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. So, is this went dead? Yeah. Okay. Another battery. At least we got these. At least we got these batteries. I can just grab another mic. It doesn't matter. You know, if we were a very formal church, we'd be very upset. You know that at this moment in time. We get to watch Rob how to do this. So everybody will learn. If you turn toward them, this would be one of those YouTube moments. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Boy, that would be good too. It's sort of like a wand too. Like. <laughs> Okay, well, is that better? All right. Sort of like the Wizard of Oz. He's behind the curtain. <laughs> well, if I had one of them real carry voices, you know, some of those people have voices they don't even need a mic, you know? Like Darren's voice. Yeah, Darren's voice goes way out there. He doesn't need a mic. But me, I need the mic. Uh, we should be directed by our hearts not our brains, which are our soul. Ephesians 4.17 states, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the, the vanity of their mind. Notice that. That's Ephesians 4.17. And Gentiles here is talking about someone who was a non-Jew, someone outside of God's covets like any person today who has yet to commit their life to the Lord Jesus Christ so if you've not committed yourself to Jesus Christ and asked him into your life and received him as your Lord and Savior you're outside that covenant and everybody understands that right you're outside that covenant you can't you can't walk into the blessings and see God's the Spirit of God to talk to you and to be with you because you're outside that covenant. It is out of your heart that the issues of life flow in Proverbs 4.23. It's the heart that talks. You know, you, you, can, you can know what's in someone's heart. You know how? It's what proceeds out of their mouth. Life and death, blessing or cursing coming out. And still, if someone wants to turn to Proverbs 23, 7, we're going to get there. But I'm, I'll sort of give you an advance since I don't have that page out there. Most Christians are living like people who don't know God and wonder why they're getting the same results. You know, and why don't they know God? And they're getting the same results. Because they're not pursuing Christ. They're not getting in the Word. They're not getting to know who He is, who He truly is. If you think like a lost person, you'll get lost person results. Think about it. 
if you don't think you can do something, you ain't going to be able to do it. And Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So it's your heart. Your heart, your, your spirit man, in other words. That's what the heart is, the spirit man. Remember, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. If you think like a lost person, you'll get lost person's results. You guys agree with that, right? If you, if the way you think is important. If you think lowly of yourself, that's what you're going to have, lowly results. But if you think highly of who you are in Christ, you're the righteousness in Christ. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you're the righteousness in Christ. Even if you don't feel righteous, you are still the righteousness in Christ because, see, you're underneath Him. He's over you now. Even if you're not righteous. Because we know that your righteousness and my righteousness is a filthy rags. That's what it says in the Bible. But when we're under His righteousness, we're always under His righteousness. And some people say, well, you're not. No, you are. And when you don't feel loved, He still loves you. You guys know that? He still loves you. He wants the very best for you. If you start thinking like a new creation in Christ, you'll get spiritual results. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. And also uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Holder. I don't know why I'm holding this. You give it to me, Rob, and I just keep holding it. Okay, uh, Romans. You want to walk around. Yeah. yeah, I thought, well, maybe I'll walk around a bit. No, Romans is, uh, is powerful. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. I love the Word of God. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. That means that the Spirit of God brings, the Word of God brings life to your flesh. Can your flesh bring life to your spirit? No. But your spirit can bring life to your flesh. Isn't that amazing? That's powerful. And if you get a grasp on this, it'll take you places you've never been. It's powerful. So, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many people are looking for peace today in this world? A lot of people. I beseech you, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, by the renewing of your mind, which is your soul, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. Amen. What is the perfect will of God? That you'll be able to prove that. What's the perfect will of God? Is His Word, isn't it? 
But his word, remember, we worship him in spirit and in truth, not just in truth. We could do the word because it's in front of us. It's not, it's not something that's abnormal. We read books, right? But how does that, remember I told you there's two words and, and that you need to remember. is logos and rhema. Logos is just the word of God. But rhema is when that word becomes alive in you. And it resides on you and in you. When you say, I'm, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Some people can say that. Well, that don't mean a whole lot when you just say it. But when you say it, I'm covered by the blood. I plead the blood over me and my family in Jesus' name. You can see that covering. Get a picture of it. Pictures say a thousand words. But get a picture of what you're trying to do. But that blood, can't you see that just covering you? Just like when you get wet, the water covers you. Well, that blood's flowing right over you. The blood of Jesus protecting you. Isn't that amazing? But you get that picture, that's, that's critical, is a picture in your head of what that is. What's that mean to you? How do you see that? But if we do walk in vanity, this is in Ephesians 4.18, but if we do walk in vanity of your mind in darkness, your understanding and imagination... And that Ephesians 4.18, it says, uh, I'm going to read 17 and 18. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of of their heart. And see, if you walk after this world and you never sense or you're, you're completely seared from God and not really knowing who God is, uh, I feel for you. Because this world has nothing to offer. But God brings life and more abundantly to you. He doesn't take away when you receive Jesus Christ. He doesn't take away. He adds to your life. Or I wouldn't be here. I'd be out in the world. But I know the world can't add to my life. And the world can't even help my flesh, but my spirit brings life to my flesh. You have to believe, right? And that's what it takes. So if you're living from your natural mind, what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel and how you process that information in your brain, in your head you're going to uh, limit what God can do if we're just going to go by our feelings of our flesh you're going to limit to what God can do for you you're not going to be able to walk in the trueness of who you truly are, you're going to be like Adam and Eve when they ate at the tree of knowledge I'm not going to say you're going to be them, but they they found out they were nude. They had to they had to put make clothes out of leaves, didn't they? Well, see if you know who you are in Christ, you know that blood's over you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. When your heart becomes hardened, cold, insensitive, unfeeling, 
and unyielding to God, it still functions, but it automatically becomes sensitive toward the physical, natural, flesh type of things. You, you, you're completely into the natural things of whatever the world can give you, whatever's going on in the world at this very day. You're moved and, and uh, trotted about from place to place. But if, you, if you're in the spirit of God, you, you take his word and you know that you can do all things through Christ. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You know, you know who you are. I overcome by I'm, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, and love not my life unto death. Romans twelve something. Eleven twelve or twelve eleven. Revelation. Revelation, yeah. I said Romans, didn't I? No, Revelation, that's right. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, don't we? That's how we overcome things. And that we're new creations in Christ. But, you know, if you decide to walk toward the physical, natural, fleshly orientated type of things, then expect this. Worry. Expect fear. Unbelief. Anger. All comes out of the heart. That's what precedes that. It's just like if you eat an apple, it don't taste like an orange, does it? You know, what you eat of is what you're going to taste. And if you eat of that, then that's what you're going to get. But in Matthew 15, 19, Matthew chapter 15, verses 19, For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornicators, thieves, false witnesses, and blasphemers. And in Mark, and that's what comes out of that, the, the physical, natural, flesh-orientated type of things. In Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 22, it says, For with, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulterers, fornicators, murderers, thieves, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Those are the things of the flesh. Those are the things that proceed when you decide to walk in the flesh. When you decide to walk in the flesh, you don't have peace. You don't have joy in the Holy Ghost. You just don't. Because the flesh can't produce joy. But the Spirit can. When you sing, Jesus loves me. When you sing, I'm no, uh, what is it? I'm the temple. For, uh, oh, Lord, Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And you know that you're that sanctuary. You've got that peace when you sing that. You know, you know who you are, amen? amen. So God's transmitting and speaking to you, but you don't hear because your heart is insensitive. Your heart becomes sensitive to whatever you focus your attention on. 
and your heart becomes hardened to whatever you neglect. I'm going to read that one more time, okay? Listen to this. Your heart becomes sensitive to whatever you focus your attention on, and your heart becomes hardened to whatever you neglect. Sort of like this. Make it real simplified here. You got two two dogs. You got a good one and a bad one. If you feed the good dog, it's going to live and flourish. And the bad dog's going to die because you ain't feeding it. Right? But if you feed the bad dog and don't feed the good dog, the bad dog's going to flourish, isn't it? And that's really what we're doing in our lives. What are you feeding? What are you, what are you meditating on? What are you putting your time into? Look at all that. What am I putting my time into? What am I doing? And this isn't for me to judge you. I'm not judging you at all. I'm just saying look at yourselves. You're the only one that can take care of yourself, right? I mean, each one of us are individuals. We're not going to be a group when we get to heaven and see who stays and who doesn't stay. You're going to be right there with Jesus. It's going to be a personal thing. One on one. Your heart becomes sensitive to whatever you focus your attention on and your heart becomes hardened to whatever you neglect. If you glorify and thank God, your image will start seeing godly things instead of negative. Notice I said your image and your imagination will start seeing godly things instead of negative things. Start glorifying God. If someone's mean to you, who cares? I mean, honestly, really, do you really care if someone's mean to you? Does it really matter? The one you don't want mad at you, God. Just start praising God. Give Him all the glory. Give Him all the praise. Make a new sound. Put a spring in your step. You know, if you if you if you let someone get you down. Oh, I'm so down, so-and-so doesn't like me. That person controls you. Who cares? You're your own person. You can do what you want. You got, you've got your own abilities. First of all, you got the greater one living in you. You got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah! I mean, we ought to be excited about that. We got the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that live in us. Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. We don't have to go around with our heads down. We can put our heads up. We know who we are in Christ. And then that person, you go, well, who are you? But I wouldn't say that to that person. I know who I am, but who are you? Amen? See, they're just working in the flesh to get to you. That's fleshly stuff. Amen? Who cares? Get above it. Get above it. Know who you are in Christ. You can't allow your imagination to follow a train of thought that is contrary to God's Word. That's one thing you can't do. You can't allow that to take place. If, if you'll do these things, you'll find... It will uh, sensitize your heart toward the Lord. If you if you get caught up in the worldly things, and this is this is what I'm talking about, 
It'll sensitize you uh, to really who, who you are in Christ. Do you want to really fill your destiny and your purpose out here on this earth? Tell me. Just raise your hands if you do. I do. Amen? Yeah. Well, the only way we're going to get this done is through that Word of God. And making that our active operation is to see that the Word is in us and it becomes that rhema, that thing that's alive, that your faith can hold to. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Call those things in. Who are we in Christ? Lord, please make this happen. James, I have died for you on Calvary. I'm talking to myself. I have died for you on Calvary. I've done everything I'm going to do. Right there, I bought you, I purchased you, I bought you, and I paid for you Amen. on Calvary, James. I've done everything for you. I've even given you dominion over this earth because his blood and water hit the earth. What else do you want from me? That's what he says. He says, James, you have to get up. You have to do something. You have to apply this word. You command things in my name. You take the authority in my name. See, you've got authority in the name of Jesus Christ. That's powerful, isn't it? You don't have to whimper. You don't have to bow down. And when they, when they, people don't like you, so be it. Walk in love toward them anyway. It says, Matthew 5, 44, Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that despitefully use you. And pray for them, doesn't it? So that's what we do as Christians. And the flesh would say, that's not what I want to do. I want to smack them. That's what the flesh wants to do, right? And then I'll repent and say, Lord, forgive me for smacking. But then you just lost them. What if you're the one going to bring them to the kingdom of God? And he's going to use you to bring them in. It don't take a little. It, it doesn't hurt that much for someone to be mad at you, does it? It really don't hurt. And then every time they see you, they got to remember they're mad at you. So who really controls who there? If you got to remember you're mad at me every time you see me, then I control you. You do not control me because when I walk into the room, you got to remember I'm mad at you. That you're mad at me. So every time you see me. All of a sudden, your fence comes up. I'm mad at Pastor James Phipps. Then I control you. You're allowing me to control you. Because everybody else doesn't feel that way, but they see that you've just backed off. Oh, man. Wow. One person can get you that angry and make you unhappy? That's pretty bad, isn't it? They can keep you separated from you and the Father. Because if you're angry and you're mad, you think God's talking to you? No. He's, he's a God of love. Love never fails. Amen? Amen. So no one's mad at me in here, just in case someone's thinking in their fleshly minds. Not that I know of. If you are, I don't know anything about it. You're going to have to do a better job, okay? To know that, I'm, that you're mad at me because you're doing a poor job of it because I don't get it. 
it might take quite a bit to get me to get that. But in, in Colossians 3.15, it says, I value peace highly. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God. So value these things. Let that peace. If anything starts making me anxious or upset, I change whatever's going on in my life. I hurry it. I, I get it changed quickly. If something's making me anxious, I, I notice it immediately. I'm going, What's, why is that making me anxious? And then I start taking my rightful authority as a child of God. Keep this mic up. So I just start taking that rightful authority. If you don't know how to walk in peace, you'll be stressed out no matter what situation you're in. If you truly are a, in a bad situation that's stealing your peace, you need to change that situation. And you go, well, how can I change that situation? First of all, you can start focusing that picture on Jesus, who Jesus is to you. Picture. I want you to really seriously think about this. this picture what Jesus is to you. I'm asking you questions now. What is he to you? How do you see Jesus? Do you just see him on the cross? Do you see him walking in a field with you? How do you see Jesus? What do you see Jesus as to you? Imagine that. What is he to you? Is he a friend? Is he a savior? What is he? Is he sitting beside you when you're in the car? Does he tell you that, hey, I love you. You're the most precious thing in the world to me. Do you, know how, do you know how I know that he loves you? And you're the most precious thing? Is because he went to that cross for you and me and died and shed his blood for us. That's how I know how much he loves you. And if he loves you that much, he wants you to have peace. Amen? Amen. And in second, 1 Corinthians 2.16... It says, For who, who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Woo! You have the mind of Christ. As a born-again believer, you have the mind of Christ. Put on the new man. Your spirit man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. And you can take that to the bank in Colossians 3.10. It says, put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Put on the new man. Put on that new man. Your new creation in Christ. What do you have to fear? Are you going to heaven? Amen. Hey, if you're not going to heaven, I'd be in fear. There's no doubt about it. Because you never know what's going to happen after today. As much as turmoil is in this world, 
I've seen in just four months, it's amazing. You almost just are amazed. But do you know where you're headed? Do you know that you're going to heaven? If you don't know you're going to heaven, you need to know. You truly need to know. Because that spirit man for eternity is going to live in one place or the other. It's going to live in heaven or it's going to live in hell. And hell is not a place to be. For eternity. Never ending. And then heaven is going to be a wonderful place to be. So what's the loss? For us that have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, there is no loss. There's gain. There's no loss. Get an image of that. It is your spirit, not your brain, that knows all things. It's your spirit, man. And 1 John 2.20 says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You guys know that. You guys know that if you're saved, you've, you've heard the Holy Spirit tell you to do certain things, and you've done it, go, wow, thank you. Kept you out of a wreck or kept you from harm, didn't it? Because that unction, just that unction of the Holy Spirit talking to your inner man. He talks to us. We have this tremendous presence of God in our hearts, but most of us aren't listening. We've, we've dulled it out. If you don't get to the place where you honestly trust your heart more than your head, you're never going to become real successful as a Christian. And I don't know about you, but I like to be successful in everything I do. Everything I put my hands to, I want to be successful. And that's how I look at it. But you can be successful in Christ. Just get His Word. First of all, you have to have Jesus. You can't do this without Jesus. Your flesh won't allow it. You see, it's always needy. What I see, what I touch, what I smell, what I hear. But once you got Jesus Christ inside of you, you got a new recreated spirit. Are you perfect? You're getting that way, I hope. That's all an individual. That's all everyone as an individual gets to be. You know, it's not a group thing. Well, they've made it. I'm just not for sure about you, Hugh, if you, if you really obtain that or not. Well, that's not for me to say, is it? For all for me to do is to love you, amen? And to pray for him. That's, that's his responsibility, not mine. But some of us take that responsibility on. Well, I just don't know how they're doing. Well, how are they doing? You got a picture of that? Nope, because they ain't God, are they? Glory to God. We can see in the flesh some things. Well, that's where, um, and it says in Proverbs 4, I'm going to read these real quick. In Proverbs 4, 20, 21, it says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ears to my saints. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of my heart. And in Psalms 119, 11, it says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. For God's word is life, and those that find them and health to all their flesh. Listen to this. In Proverbs 4, you guys don't mind this, do you? 
This is great. In Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 22 and 23, it says, uh, God's words are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of, the, out of it are the issues of life. Just that. God's word is life to all their flesh, all our flesh. The word of God is alive. It brings life to our flesh. Our flesh does not bring life to our spirit. But our spirit brings life to our flesh. Isn't that amazing? Through the word of God, applying that word of God. The word does. And that becomes that rainbow. Life comes from the heart, not from the mind or external things. How many of us try to figure things out? We're trying to figure it all out up here. Uh, I think I got it today. I, I think I got it. What book was that that you got? What book? Well, I'll have to get that book. I want to see what that book is. And we read someone else's commentaries. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Yes. Yeah. And we're always trying to reason things out when all you need is the Word. The Word of God. That's, that's the key. Not saying that a book is not bad. Sometimes a book explains something a little. Like the Amplified. They say that's a women's Bible. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm giving you guys a hard time. But it explains, it's a wordy, it's more wordy. It's got more explanation on stuff. And what I'm trying to say too, now you guys know this, and you women and men know this, I'm not gonna lie to you, that men talk a lot less than women. They do. Women talk like 1,500 words. Lisa goes, no, okay, maybe I've got one that doesn't. I do most of the talking in our family, okay? I'm an abnormal man. <laughs> but women talk about 1,500 words or something like that a day. And men are like 500, very few. We men need to start speaking up, don't we? Maybe we use the wisdom of God and speak the word of God, amen? <laughs> you women are looking at me like, no, we do the same thing. You guys just know a lot more since you talk more, right? Amen. I believe that. But life comes from the heart, not your mind. It takes time to meditate. Give all diligence to your heart. Be still. This is a good, this is a good scripture. Psalms chapter 46, verse 10. Jack's back there wondering how I'm going to get out of this one. I'm going to use the word. I'm going to use the word, Jack. It says, be still and know that I am God. You have to start spending time with God. And just take time to listen to your heart. Pray, attentive to the Lord, speaking to you. Just say, Lord, what do you want today? And sometimes instead of asking him like a vending machine, just say, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you, Lord. I thank you for today. I give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, Father God. You're so good. You're so good to me and my family. You're so good to my church family. You bless them every day. I thank you, Father God, that they're ministering to others. I give you all the glory. I ask that you be with them today. And just praise them and giving them glory. And you'll start seeing your spirits lifted, that heaviness coming off yourself. And it'll be coming off because you'll have joy. And how many people like people that are joyful? I've seen some people that are old, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, anyway, they're just... Not very happy people. But man, when you got joy, unspeakable, those unhappy people are like, I don't know what they're so happy about. 
I got Jesus. I got the blood. You want some of this? And you just and then some that'll energize them, amen? And if it doesn't energize them, that's okay still. You still have a spring in your step. Amen? And those that you were tired that you came here, you're a lot more awake now, amen? You got energized. Like that energized bun, you never stop. Amen? Well, I just want to say to have all this to your ability is there's one thing you have to do is receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you don't receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, all this is for naught. You're wasting your time. You just wasted your time today. If, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you just and you don't want Him, you've wasted your day. But if you do want Him and you want to see a better life, and a glorious life that he'll give you. And what a time to start. He'll show it to you. And I say as we come forward with a song, that you come up and ask Jesus. And be bold about coming up. Because he says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Amen? Amen. Don't just sit there. Come up and do something and get it done. And let, let God know that you're not ashamed of him. It's not me or us that's going to get you saved. It's you receiving Jesus. And I'll walk you through it. I'll, we'll say the sinner prayer and receive Jesus as your Savior. Amen? Amen? It's not that hard. 